Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Today is our special guest day, where we will hear from a friend of the ministry who will share their insight and stories on truth in this chaotic world. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, everybody. This is uh, Guest Thursday, and uh, this is part two uh, with our very good friend, uh, Diane Gomez from Chicago. Uh, we are discussing, and this has implication for our end times discussions as well, um, her relationship with uh, being drawn into uh, connecting with Israel, uh, people in Israel, ministries in Israel, uh, now a ministry in the United States with a what's called a Messianic congregation, and she'll talk more about that, um, and how uh, today we want to talk more and get into uh, eventually this idea of intercessory prayer as we then seek God about Israel and how, how God wants us to pray about that, and Diane will help help explain that a little bit. Uh, so welcome, Diane. Uh, great to have you back uh, for our second session. Um, you, I think you mentioned as we were uh, uh, discussing uh, amongst you and I and Kathy that uh, you also had, we talked about relationships over there and you got connected to uh, you know, lots of people and uh, you know, you're reminded of somebody. So, but go ahead and share that, share that piece of it, of uh, an important relationship that you developed over there. Yeah, it's been over time that I've gotten to know the Bosky family, and uh, I knew their children from being here in the States, uh, a couple of their children, uh, their son David and his wife Jamie and Asaf and his wife Andrea, but through them, I was, when uh, the parents were visiting in the United States, I have had uh, multiple opportunities to meet with Avner and Rachel Avner and Rachel are um, a Messianic Jewish couple. Actually, she's Gentile. He's fully Jewish. They made Aliyah many, many years ago to Israel, and they're patriarchs. They live in the Negev in a city called Omer, which is actually fairly close to the Gaza Strip. But they have a beautiful home and a beautiful ministry there. They have a community that they have developed. They're worship leaders. Avner is uh, a very impactful teacher who has a lot of prophetic understanding. And of course, part of his ministry or their ministry, he and his wife and their children is to educate and prepare the Jewish people. You know, the Ezekiel 36 uh, scripture. So their role is preparing their own people, the Jewish people. But in my uh, relationship with them and I support their ministry and I love them dearly, um, they've been, in some ways, even mentors to me through their ministry. Hmm. So I just want to highlight them because they're uh, they're very important in relationship to God preparing the Jewish people for the end times. Hmm. So value my relationship with them very much. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, so we've talked about um, you know, and people on the uh, uh, this uh, broadcast can connect uh, to Israel with uh, King of Kings, which is a church and they have a great, they have a very broad ministry there. Uh, Jerusalem, Israel, uh, FIRM, F-I-R-M, 
which Wayne Hillsden is, is facilitating a lots of ministries in Israel. And then what's the name of this ministry that you're talking about uh, of the, in the Negev? Uh, it's Final Frontiers. Final Frontiers. Great. So another another one that you could look up and uh, and get connected to. And uh, if uh, anyone has an interest in just in Israel and learning about Israel, these are three that you can really at least start receiving info about. If you want to support them, that would be great. And then if you're traveling to Israel uh, over your next year or two or three, uh, look up these three ministries uh, and they'll, they're happy to receive and process things with you. So uh, they're and they're part of I, I believe that all three of them uh, understand uh, the end. They understand that Israel becomes a focus of Christianity uh, during the tribulation and are all facilitating, participating in that ministry. So that's kind of cool. Um, as you uh, talk about your your uh, Messianic congregation, what's what's the name of it there in Deerfield? It's called Adat, ha Adat Hatikva. Okay. Um, <laughs> when you when a messianic congregation um and we'll talk about their two aspects of it but what do they tend to see as their primary mission since they're a little bit unique from a typical church uh what is what do they see as their as their primary uh, mission in the united states well, a lot of it is typical of what any church congregation would have, you know, leading people into deeper relationship with Christ and so forth, discipleship and all of that. But I think what's unique about a Messianic congregation, and this one in particular, is that they want it to be a place where Jewish people can still be Jewish, even though they believe mm. that Yeshua is the Messiah. Mm. So, you, I mean, we um, right now, everything is very vivacious and full of energy because as a congregation we're preparing for the high holidays so right um uh, rosh hashanah and sukkot and yom kippur are coming up so those are outreaches as well to invite unsaved jewish people um to come and participate and hear, you know be able to hear the message of yeshua so uh this is a congregation that loves to celebrate and loves to get involved in all kinds of festivities. So there's all kinds of things that are being prepared for the holidays. Yep. Um, but it's, you know, and we have the Torah service. I think I've mentioned it in the, the last um, podcast, you know, where the Torah is brought out of the ark and we celebrate the Torah and, you know, the children lead the procession. So it's a very, um, I think, unique congregation because it's so full of energy and joy that it's, the, and the worship is beautiful, hmm. but I think the distinction is it's a place for Jewish people to come and still be Jewish and celebrate the Torah and the festivals and still recognized as Christians. Yeah, hmm. yeah. That's Do you neat. happen to know um, percentage-wise, like as far as both in Israel and perhaps even in the United States, um, Percentage-wise, how many Messianic Jews there are versus um, traditional Jews who have not yet discovered Jesus is the Messiah? You know, at King of Kings on their Sunday service, I would venture to say that it is filled with Gentiles. Mm. But Gentiles, you know, who want to be 
well, I mean, they're in. Who have a heart for it? Yeah, they have a heart. But they have. They also have the Hebrew-speaking congregation that meets on Shabbat, and those would definitely be the uh, Jewish. Mm-hmm. As far as uh, here in the Chicagoland area, the congregation I was part of probably was half and half. There were a fair amount of Jewish people there. Mm-hmm. Some who you know studied Hebrew and can speak the language. At Adat, I think there's a fair amount uh, as well. I think, I don't know the proportion, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. but um, there are a lot of Jews, but there is also a lot of Gentiles. Mm-hmm. So yep. you know, both both are welcome. Yeah, right. yeah. The one it's thing about, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's interesting. You, know, you said last podcast, um, which I just, it resonates with me just in terms of things that I've been called to do. You talked about how being an intercessor, you really need to understand the culture and the people too. And that is part of God calling you to immerse yourself in this. And, um, and I think that's interesting, even just as you describe your congregation now, um, in my mind, I had just assumed it was mostly Jewish people and a handful of Gentiles. But I think listening to the fact that God has called um, Gentiles there to then be intercessors. But in that, he's saying, I want you to also experience what it is to be Jewish. Um, I, I, that's a fascinating, I don't know. I'm, I'm just making an observation. There's no real question there, but I think it's fascinating how he does that, how so often he wants us to truly immerse ourselves in a culture to understand how to effectively pray for them. Yeah. And then also to, um, you know, go deeper into the fullness of it all so that um, uh, even in your congregation there, it's not just, it's not repeating just Jewish things. Uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, bringing the fullness of Christianity and the Bible from the heritage of Jews so that, um, right. you know, it completes and, it. Yeah. And Linda and I have, have always had a heart for that. And we've, we've done things like Passover. Um, uh, now it's not, limited to just the way they they did it from a pure jewish point of view it was passover from a jewish point of view but it but it but it brought in the truth about jesus and about the christianity and all right. the symbolism of it and so it's quite fun uh you know diane as you say you guys get ready for high, high holy days uh and do the variety of things you know let's say like the feast of tabernacle or yeah the feast of of uh tabernacles mm-hmm. coming up um do you do anything uniquely, you know, for that? How does that look like? So it's not just a reproduction of the old Jewish way only. Uh, do you do you bring that with all the Christian, you know, understanding and, and depth of that? I'm sure they will. This will actually be my first uh, time celebrating the, the fall feasts with Adat HaTikva. But I, I was part of a Messianic congregation in Chicago uh, years ago. It was it, it only existed for six years, but you know we did. Um, you know it's commemorating the feast, obviously, but it's also a form of outreach. It's a it, you know it's a place where we can bring unsaved Jewish people without making them feel terribly uncomfortable right. when the name of Yeshua. Hmm. So at um, Adat. I know the preparations. I know some of the things that are going on. There's a choir that's being formed. There's going to be all kinds of festivities after the service. You know, they're they're having um, exhibits with food of all the nations. You know, um, because Sukkot is reminiscent of you know Yeshua's return. Yeah. 
And so it's a celebration of the nations and the one new man uh, as well. So that's what I know about a dot at this point. I yeah. haven't actually experienced the festivities yet. That'll be fun. Uh, maybe uh, later on, we'll have you back after you've gone through some more time with that. Uh, one of the things that you've been uh, called into uh, is this intercessory role. Um, and, you know, why don't you talk about, um, uh, first of all, um, what exactly, when it says you're a watchman and intercessor for Israel, um, what does that mean? And, and one of the things you could talk further about is uh, to understand uh, if God's calling us to a variety of things is to understand more about what we're being called to. Uh, so what, 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 how could you help us define intercessor for Israel? And then we'll, we'll, we'll transition into, based upon that, you know, what, what kind of things have you been uh, led to intercede about? And how then should we approach it as seeking that? So maybe just start by just telling us, you know, your perspective on what is an intercessor for Israel. Yeah, first of all, I mean, probably all the viewers understand this, but, you know, there's prayer in our regular conversation with the Lord that's ongoing throughout the day. But intercession is prayer, but it's different because it's outward and it's, you know, the Holy Spirit's stirring us to pray for specific things. Um, and it starts with the Holy Spirit just working in our hearts to reveal to us something that's on his heart that he is calling us to intercede for. Mm -hmm. And I see intercession, for, at least for me, the calling and the assignment to be an intercessor and a messenger for Israel is a lifetime. Mm. It, it's like something that isn't going to stop at some point. You know, we all have short-term assignments and long-term assignments. Um, for me, the stirring happened on that flight back from Israel, my, on my first trip, when God was revealing to me the watchman on the wall. I mean, a watchman on the wall is an intercessor who prays, as the scripture in Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7, pray night and day without giving the Lord peace until Jerusalem becomes the praise of all the earth. For me, that urgency that I experienced specifically with that stirring began and it continued was the urgency for Messiah's return. It's like Jesus said, he's not going to come back till the Jewish people welcome him back. So what does that mean, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> so God showed me, well, it means the salvation of the Jewish people. So that has been the biggest stirring in my heart. And to pray for... Um, the salvation of the Jewish people sounds like such a global thing, and it is. But, you know, it's become more and more specific over time. It doesn't mean that we that we as intercessors or myself don't pray for Israel and, you know, the political environment, urgent things that are going on within the land. But for me, it's very specific to praying for salvation. And salvation of the Jewish people, you know, in prayer means you know, praying for different outreaches. It can be in the big way and then honed down to the smaller, like who are the Jewish people in my life that I'm praying for, for their salvation. And I pray with the group on Friday. I've been praying with them for four years. We pray on Zoom because these are people primarily located in Kansas City. And we've got people now that are on the call from California and different places. Mm. But 
specific focus of that group is to pray for the salvation of the Jewish people, hmm. which we always spend a season at the beginning of the prayer time where we pray in the spirit, we listen. We don't just jump into prayer, but we listen. What today is on Father's heart for us to pray specifically regarding salvation of the Jewish people? And then we will begin praying as the Holy Spirit leads us. So, you know, it could be outreaches that we're aware of, um, people within our sphere of influence, holidays coming up, and God using that as a means to draw Jewish people to himself. So for me, the intercession for Israel, I mean, it, I hate to use the word burden, but it, it is kind of a burden because it's something that you keep going back to the Lord with. It's not like, okay, I said it, I prayed today, I'm done now. You know, it's an ongoing kind of thing. And it's waiting on the Lord. You know, like I said, in this, in this group, I pray with the group on Monday which is part of my uh, Messianic congregation. I pray with this group on Friday that are from the International House of Prayer. You know, it's listening to what the Lord is saying and then praying into that, praying the scriptures back to him. And, you know, it's all led by the spirit. And I think the end for me in all of this is Yeshua's return. Yeah. You know, we all long for the day when Jesus will come back and he will set up the millennial kingdom. Yeah. 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 And so as you're Beautiful. describing that, um, a couple things strike me. Uh, one is that um, you're not developing a uh, wish list of, oh. of I hope, I hope, I hope, or, or isn't these good things to pray for, uh, but rather intercessory prayer for anything, particularly uh, Israel, is, well, Father, what are you speaking what are you uh helping us understand what truth do you want us to pray um and you've said you know for jesus return uh which is you know there uh and then for the salvation of uh the jewish people because they and we know ultimately they they do they do become saved um and so it's it's developing that and i'd just like to remind everybody uh, we've already talked a little bit about this, um, and then Diane, I think you, you're at, you're in the middle of this in this next season. But the return of Israel as a nation, remember, started with a group of intercessors in England in the 1850s, mm -hmm. um, and it was literally fulfilled a hundred years later. Um, but lots of things happened during that time to put it to put it in place and they they knew understood intercession you know is that uh, it was mm -hmm. we're called to this and we're committed to it and then how do we join you and of course they wound up starting in, and you mentioned it diane christ church in the embassy in in uh, jerusalem uh that became the, the the center of all this so um as you've looked at this uh, aspect of of intercession uh, and salvation, and, and then when God speaks, um, what have you understood uh, that right now he's asking you to intercede for? We know salvation, but what kind of things does he reveal to you that draws you deeper into that? Well, I mean, it's beginning to understand the Father's heart. Some of it is just scripture-based, you know, Scripture tells us he's zealous for Zion. He has, 
He has said that uh, Israel, I mean, Jerusalem is his dwelling place. And there's certainty in the scriptures that all of Israel will welcome him back. Of course, that's after a lot of tribulation and <laughs> battles and so, you know, that are coming. But there seems to be an urgency, specifically as I pray with these two different groups and the Friday group in particular, because we've gone deep over four years praying together. Uh. Uh, you know, there's been transition of a few people, but there's the heart of the group are the same people and the same leaders. And so I think we share the same heart. There's an urgency to pray for the return of Messiah to establish mm -hmm. the millennial kingdom. So out of that urgency is birthed a lot of different things that we pray about. And it's you know, different every week because every week we ask the Lord, what's on your heart today mm -hmm. related to this? How do you want us to pray? And that's how we pray. And you know, our hearts are knit together because we all have the same heart for Israel. We all have the same assignment. So it's very easy to pray with these people because there's mm -hmm. no confusion as to what we pray for and how we pray. Mm -hmm. you know, we're in alignment with each other and it's beautiful. Yeah. So as you uh, think of now our, our audience and um, since we're all involved in a sense uh, in uh, the end times, and we've we've been trying to help the audience learn about uh, the call to that. Not not even necessarily uh, because we don't know we don't have any surety about it. But that you know, are we in the end? It looks like we might be, um, and that certainly is is on front of everybody's heart. But even if we're not, to be training our children and grandchildren. Uh, about this, who will carry it on, just like those intercessors, you know, think about those intercessors in 1850, they actually never, never saw it, but they were the, the, the seed planters, and they taught their children and grandchildren how to intercede, and ultimately, their relatives did see it, you know, which was kind of cool, so how would you um, help us, instruct us, how do we approach, um, this this aspect of intercession for Israel, what are some things that that we can learn to then join in the process of, of being an intercessor for uh, Israel? What what would you what would you uh, give us uh, as instruction from God as to what we might be how do how do we do it and how do we approach it? Well, I think to state the obvious, it's going before the Lord. And asking <laughs> it's not that complicated, is it? <laughs> no, and I think you'll direct traffic. Holy Spirit, I think, is more than happy to say, oh, you want to know about Israel. You want to, you want to it's like, okay, let me show you. Yeah. Um, you know, just some of the things on my own heart that I think people can pray into that are fairly obvious in the times we're living in. One of them is anti-Semitism is on the rise. Mm. One of them that's really important to me is for the church to rise up with understanding because the church globally mm. is still in this replacement theology mode where they think, it, you know, the church has replaced Israel, which is not true. If you read Romans 9, 10, and 11 and all of scripture, it's clearly clearly obvious that there's still a role for Israel. Yes, right. the covenant that Rich, you teach on so well, you know, we're, we're part of because we're in Christ and, you know, the covenant was to Abraham and to his seed. 
but there's parts of that covenant regarding the land and things like that that are distinctly part of the Jewish community. Hmm. So I think to pray uh, to pray about the church because so much of the church is still in this place of and um, of replacement theology. That, that to me is critical because then that church doesn't have understanding about God's role for Israel and the Jewish people in the end time. And so they can't rise up and support and pray for those things related to Israel. So I think that's a big thing to pray for is that the church would be educated, that you know the Holy Spirit would reveal the truth so that the church in, in you know the church globally, the body of Messiah is all linked together in that understanding of God's heart for Israel and how that relates to the end times and the salvation of the Jewish people. Yeah. I mean, there's so much more, but those are some of the things that I think about. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're suggesting that, uh, you know, with we look at all that and uh, and seek the Lord uh, for insight, wisdom, his truth. Um, how does he want us to join him in his work? Um, and really, it's just an open heart to not have presupposition mm. about what it is or what it isn't. Uh, and it's not to see we don't have to take positions hard positions like well everything that israel does is is fantastic as we know that's not true um, but it's it's about the spiritual uh movement ultimately into the place of becoming the beacon of light they become the they become the focus of the reason why the antichrist uh wants to eliminate them and uh, the battle uh, uh, of God's wrath and then Armageddon all happened and then the millennium happens in Israel. I mean, so uh, kind of important <laughs> uh, to, you know, keep understanding that without presupposition, but rather openness to uh, what it, what really is going to happen. How do you want us to pray for that? We're in the, we are in the mode of Israel has returned as a nation. So we know by definition, uh, something's up. <laughs> so uh, we just need to be part of that and, uh, and don't ignore that. So uh, we'll follow that instruction. And, and I don't know, Kathy, if you have any other questions about that um, in terms of uh, how we might intercede uh, as we uh, wrap this up, any, any other final thoughts about that? Yeah. Uh, no, I just love um, your response, Diane, that the Holy Spirit will lead us in that. And I think when you look at being an intercessor, when God stirs your heart to be an intercessor, he's really stirring your heart to listen to his heart. Yes. And, and I think that's such an important thing to remember is our, our willingness to simply come before him and say, I want to agree with what you're doing and join you in your work. So show me and speak to me. What do I pray? And on any given day, he could give you the name of someone you've never met. Yes. who he's at work in, or he could give you a very broad, you know, pray for this nation, pray for this neighborhood, pray for this community, you know, but it is where he is at work that day that he's calling and inviting us into join them. But we need to, if, if that is a calling he's giving us, it's being willing to step into that space and quiet ourselves to listen and let him lead us into what he wants us to pray. Yep. Diane, uh, thank you so much for, uh, uh, being, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, intercessor for Israel. Uh, we're excited about that. We pray uh, over you with um, wisdom and courage 
and tra- and we know God's going to use you to train lots of people about this. Um, and he's been developing you for this very time and you're now connected to the great place. And, uh, I believe it'll be even broader than, and even that congregation. And, uh, so we're, uh, we're just uh, thrilled, uh, at your life and your role and the privilege that God has to bless you to, you know, to give it away. So, uh, father, we do just pray right on right now over Diane, uh, that, um, you just continue to bless her. I, pr- I pray that you fulfill all the elements of her life, uh, with relationships and, and personal relationships and, uh, the opportunity to teach this congregation and teach others, uh, what it truly means to be an intercessor and to, uh, be a stalwart of, uh, the courage that it takes to listen and then teach. And so we pray uh, for that. We pray for favor. We pray for uh, this to be understood by all of us as we join uh, being intercessors for Israel. And we thank you and we praise you now in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Diane. And thank you to all the listeners for joining in today. It has been such a treat just to hear from you and hear what God's doing in your life and through your prayers. So if, again, if this has brought up questions for you, send them in to questions at afjministry.com. We'd be happy to talk to them or talk to you about them. And uh, Diane, I'm sure will be happy to also respond. So That's right. thanks again. Yep. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Diane. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.